Hello, folks. Welcome to Notoriously Episcopalian, a podcast of sermons from me, Kelly Hudlow, an itinerant Episcopal priest in Alabama. Thanks for listening. This is a sermon for the seventh Sunday of Easter, May 29th, 2022, offered at Holy Cross Episcopal Church in Uniontown, Alabama. The principal text for the sermon is Revelation chapter 22, verses 12 through 14, 16 through 17, and 20 through 21, the final verses of the Christian Bible. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. How a story ends may be just about as important as its beginning and the stuff that happens on the way to the ending. A great story can easily be ruined by a bad ending. And usually the grander or more complicated the story, the harder it is to bring that story to a close and stick the landing. We see this especially maybe with TV shows. If anybody followed Game of Thrones, you were probably not satisfied with the last season or The Sopranos, the ending there left many people shaking their heads, or the Newhart show in the 80s, the way it ended, left lots of people saying, well, how did we get to that point? For an ending to be good, it typically means that it has three things. It has closure, right? That somehow all of these characters in the story come to a conclusion that makes sense with everything that's happened before. A good ending also normally has a twist, right? Something you didn't quite see coming, but that isn't so out of the realm of possibility that it's shocking. And a good ending also leaves open a possibility. Maybe a sequel or a spinoff or just is open-ended enough that it leaves your imagination wondering what the lives of these characters might be now. I say all this because this morning in our second reading from Revelation, we heard the very end of the story. These are the last last verses of the book of Revelation, and therefore, for Christians, they are the last words that are in our Bible. So these verses don't just wrap up sort of this amazing story that we hear in Revelation, this this vision of how God's work in the world is going to come to fruition. It wraps up the whole story that we have throughout Scripture. We hear in these final verses a voice that we know to be Jesus say, I am the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. All that we are, all that we have ever been, all that we will be, finds their end in Jesus. And so maybe it's helpful to have a little recap of where we've been before we consider whether or not this is a good ending. Our story's alpha, our story's beginning, starts with Jesus at the point of creation. It is God's creative word that brings forth the universe into being. And it's those same words of creation that looks at the created world, at human beings, at plants, at animals, and says, this is good. 
And so then the story goes, right? We live in relationship with God, but sin enters the world and we become separated from the God that created us and loved us. And we can no longer experience the goodness that we were created for. But God isn't ready to quit. God pursues us to bring us back into relationship where we once walked in the garden with God in the evening time. So God uses patriarchs and matriarchs and judges and kings and prophets and warriors. All of their lives weave together to bring the people of God back home. When we read the First Testament scriptures, we see that God is acting again and again to liberate us so that we can be and experience the goodness that we were created for and be in relationship with God. And even though we kept falling away, even though sin kept driving a wedge between us and God, God chose to do the unimaginable. That creating word of God that spoke the universe into being chose to become one of us. God was born as a little baby. God grew up. God learned how to walk and talk. God laughed and cried. God loved and lost. And God suffered and died. But the creating incarnate word of God could not be contained by death and new life came bursting forth into the world through the resurrection. And then as amazing as it was that God became human, God then carried our humanity into heaven to the very heart of God. And so that we would not be left comfortless, as we hear in our opening prayer, God sent the Holy Spirit, not just to comfort us, but to teach us and remind us of the story that we are part of, of that goodness that we were created for, of God's love for us and of our need to love and care for each other. And so the story keeps going through decades and centuries and millennia until finally our relationship with God is fully restored and heaven comes down to earth as the new Jerusalem is described in the book of Revelation and God is no longer separate from us but dwells completely with us. And so our ending is in Jesus, triumphant, sin driven from the world. All of those strands woven together to put us back into the community that we were created for. That's pretty good closure, if you ask me. But there's a twist, right? There's a twist. The way our version of the Bible translated, it ends with sort of this beautiful blessing of the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Except that doesn't get the Greek quite right. The Greek is just all. Y'all, it just means all, like everybody, right? God's blessing is now no longer reserved for just a select few, but the end of the story is a surprising twist because God's blessing is for everyone. And if we look through all those strands through Scripture, we begin to see that this actually isn't so shocking. It is a nice twist, right? Because we realize that the people of God in Israel were always called to be a light to the nations. We see in the ministry of Jesus this ever-widening circle of relationship and salvation that draws people in. We see in the Great Commission that says, go to the ends of the earth and baptize 
in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. This dream of God that God could not be contained to just a select few people. Then when the Holy Spirit comes that we celebrate next week at Pentecost and pours out on the apostles, it's not to keep them safely locked behind their doors and their comfortable communities. It's to send them out into the world to spread the love of Christ and the salvation that has come. So it's a pretty good twist. We could see it there all the time if we went and looked for it, that God's salvation coming to earth was going to mean that all, everyone, all of creation would be brought back into relationship with God. Now, the hardest part about a good ending is leaving open that possibility. How do we have a sequel to the book of Revelation that gives us the perfect view of what the world would look like if God came to truly dwell with us? And the possibility that we get in this ending is that we get to read the ending while we're still writing the story. All those strands of patriarchs and matriarchs and prophets and kings and judges and Jesus and apostles and teachers and martyrs and everybody that goes in to bringing us here right now, we are still writing the story. And so the possibility that's found in the book of Revelation is found in the fact in how we choose to write this chapter. I would suggest to you that by knowing that the end of the story is that God's blessing is poured out on all should change how we write our story today. It should change the decisions that we make and how we deal with people in our lives and how we relate to our family and our friends and our neighbors because we know that the story, that God's plan, is that we would all be in relationship with one another. We know that because Jesus tells us that because on the night before he was arrested and suffered and died, he prays with his disciples, may they be one so that the world may believe that I was sent by you. And so if the possibility for us in this ending is that we are still writing the story, then what are we called to do? In these final verses of Revelation, we see that in the fullness of God returning to earth, that the whole world begins to say, come. Come to the new Jerusalem. Come and dwell in the presence of God. Come and join the celebration that those trials and tribulations that are described in the book of Revelation have passed, right? That God has won, has triumphed, that good has defeated evil. And so the spirit and the bride, which is the church, say, come. So how do we write this chapter of our story to invite people to come? To come to this place and to learn how to see each other the way God sees us. To see us as the good creation of God. To see each other through broken bread shared and wine poured out. We write this chapter knowing the ending with the courage to say that whatever the world wants to distract us by, whatever tragedy that is going on in our lives, whatever keeps us divided and separated from each other is not more powerful than the challenge of God to say, come. Come and be fed. Come, you who are thirsty. Come, who you want to be healed. Come, who wants to receive. The water is the gift, the life of water as a gift. Just come. 
because Jesus is coming soon. And he will find us, hopefully, gathered in prayer and worship, gathered in places, gathered in ways that change the world around us so that we can actually see each other, not what keeps us divided. Because the very end of the story is God's simple blessing on us, that the grace of our Lord Jesus would be with us all. Amen.